0: G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host Abia, and this week I'm joined once again by the King of WA, Mr. John. How are you doing today? Hi Abia, what what King of... <laughs> what's that mean? <laughs> You are you are WA's right. premier gaming journalist, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, <laughs> there is
1: Ben, and he actually wrote something this week. So,
0: <laughs> how are you doing, buddy?
1: Um, yeah, pretty well. Weather's better as a follow-up to last week, I guess. But um, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, doing well. Like watching wrestling stuff, still, <laughs> which we can talk about. <laughs> what about you?
0: Yeah, no, nah, good, good. I um had the chance to watch a couple of movies couple of classic movies so uh aliens and the predator like the original one sorry and predator not the predator yeah it's just 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 predator yeah 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 i'd say aliens and predator really good movies um really like clearly made in the 80s a lot of cheesy dialogue and uh like you know cheesy special effects but definitely very earnest films and the sound design in both are very very good
1: okay Uh, yeah, That's, I remember. Like, yeah. I watched Aliens because I have like the Blu-ray of that. One. I have Blu-ray of yeah, both they, of them, even though I don't yeah. own, actually own a ton of Blu-rays. Uh, yeah. um, but I, yeah, I watched Aliens like again. Like, I, I want to say a couple years ago. Mm. It's like I really like that movie. Like yeah. that one. Predator holds up okay as well, but it's very, mm. um, it's very kind of tongue-in-cheek almost. <laughs> yeah.
0: You oh, have to it was, forgive it. I don't
1: know. I think it's been a bit since i watched that one, actually. Yeah. I, I can't remember it very well. The last one I remember was The Predator, <laughs> which people didn't <laughs> like so much.
0: Oh uh, Yeah, that was the one from like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. interestingly, was directed by one of the people who was in the original Predator. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is it's interesting. the dude
1: with glasses, I think, <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, Hawkins, or whatever his name was, the... That was uh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Shane Boy Black, to that's his it. name. Shane Black, yeah. Like he's on good movies. Like he wrote um I think the, uh, lethal, I think weapon. the lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon films and I think The Last Boy Scout and I he also directed and wrote Iron Man Three, which I think is a very underrated film. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man Three is actually one's very good one.
1: it's got a weirdly it's got a kind of it feels like it has a similar reputation to The Predator, but it's mostly yeah. unearned.
0: Um, um but uh yeah. the thing with that is that like, his hallmark is that pretty much every movie he writes is set around Christmas for some reason. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. I don't think I noticed that.
0: Yeah, because, like, Lethal Weapon was around Christmas. Um, the Predator has got, like, holidays in it for some weird reason.
1: Okay, Could that like, have been, like, was Die Hard or Lethal Weapon first? I feel like one might have caused the other. <laughs> uh,
0: good question. Go I think like Die Hard was a bit... I, I I think Lethal Weapon might have been first. Okay. Because I'm pretty I haven't sure I've like, actually actually yeah. seen any
1: of those movies yet. Yeah. Really, I yeah. think they're
0: all on Amazon and Disney. So yeah, I'll definitely watch them. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Leth- Lethal Weapon was was interesting. Oh,
1: he made the other guys as well. That's right. I'm trying to remember the one with like uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Uh, nice guys. Oh, nice guys. Oh, nice guys. What was that? Yeah, oh, the, other guys the other guys is the Will Ferrell and um. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Marky Mark One. Yeah. You know
0: what? Both those movies are, f- are funny and good. So yeah, you, you I rather re- I like. Wrong.
1: I remember the nice guy's really standing out though. He has a yeah. knack for comedy and stuff.
0: Yeah. And and uh, and I think Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling were actually a pretty good pairing. They played off yeah. each other well.
1: They were better than I, I think I expected when I watched it. Like yeah. it was very genuinely funny and good and I probably need to watch it again cuz it's been a second. <laughs> oh, I I yeah, tend to I'm bad with like I'm not the greatest <laughs> We'll I forget things stuff. quickly. Uh, like even like, like a week later, it's just like oh, I can barely talk <laughs> about it. So uh, I have, like I've got into the habit of like kind of keeping like logs of like pretty much everything I watch and do, uh, and okay. having notes with it. So yeah. it's just like because I just so easily forget what I thought about things. So I have like a very <laughs> vague impression where it's like oh, I like yeah. it, and I maybe remember like one or two things about it, and then yeah, it just disappears.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, my my wife's like that. She'll like watch something and then immediately delete it out of her brain and then I'll and then when we watch like the sequel or whatever I like have to tell her, okay this is what happened here and she's like oh okay fair enough yeah <laughs>
1: well it's like it's weird because uh, like actually like I care about the stuff I'm watching and playing and stuff it's just it just goes away anywhere. um <laughs> fair enough yeah but you've been playing Splitgate as well
0: yeah yeah so I uh had the chance to play a bit of it on the weekend and it's fun it's it's it is definitely Halo, like old school Halo multiplayer meets uh, meets Portal. In that you do have two portals that you can set up, so you can kind of teleport across the map, or shoot through the portals, or just kind of like use it to position yourself behind enemies. It's 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 actually fun. Like the gameplay feels fun. Uh, it's very forgiving when it comes to recoil and things like that. So it's it's not like something. Okay, it's it's different to something like Warzone, where Warzone is like a slog. You you can't just pick up and play Warzone. There's a lot of thinking, a lot of setup to do that game. Where Splitgate's a bit different. Uh, it's kind of okay. like a five minute tutorial and then bang, you're in. That's a lot yeah, of fun. It, it
1: like I think I don't know why it makes me think of it, but it kind of reminds me of like Tribes Ascend in terms of oh, like yeah, kind yeah. of yep, like I can see that. sort of high high skill ceiling, but like immediate accessibility as like a like a fun yep. shooter. Yeah, because like, yeah. like I never, I got, I was really bad at Travers Send, but I too. played a lot of it anyway because it was really yeah, fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and, and I was like, kind of like, sense. Uh, I think like all of the only thing I've heard about Split Gate so far is one, its servers are being hammered, and two, mm. yeah. The other thing I heard is that people don't use the portals much right now. Yep, I, think I that's noticed what I, that. Yeah, like
0: I was like, I think in my first game I came second, in my second game I came first, just mm. because. I think people were just playing it like a standard shooter. And it's... You you really... Like, even using the portals just to the basic needs of just... Okay, I need to get across the map and position myself better. Bang. That's already like... You've, you're already going to win games if you do that. Yeah. But the the good thing is, like, the, the weapons feel good. Recoil's manageable. And it's, like, a satisfying game to play. Mm. And y- you can tell that it was... Like, apparently it's only made by, like, a team of four which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's small by
1: even like, you know, we're getting so used to small teams making amazing games that it's like, still it's like big multiplayer, like a, you know, well-made multiplayer (laughs) shooter feels like, oh, that's like, didn't know exactly like four people could do that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I played that and then it's interesting like, like in that, I played Battlefield, I kind of like skipped when started off with some Battlefield, played some Splitgate, then played some Titanfall after and it's so like, it's such a weird mix. Like, of different multiplayer, for, um, like, kind of, I was trying to think of the word, but, like, the kind of, like, philosophies. So, like, Battlefield's mm-hmm. very, Battlefield, It compared to, like, other games, might seem fast-paced or something, but it, because it's more, quote-unquote, realistic, it's, like, very th- slow and methodical in terms of movement and even shooting and stuff. Then you get into split game, which is, like, you know, you've got jump packs, you're moving around, it, it, it's got a certain pace to it, which is fun. Um, And then you got, like, Titanfall 2, which is just bonkers crazy. Like, you're just running on walls, flipping upside down, grappling hook, jumping on the back of Titans and stuff. It's... uh, I I definitely feel like... uh, I wish that there was a game like Titanfall 2 that... Yes, it doesn't need to have the Titans, but I can imagine a game like Splitgate with its kind of straightforward weapon design... And just gameplay but then adding on like a really like acrobatic movement but i think right. the maybe the reason why they haven't done that is that getting used to the portals can be pretty disorienting as well like because mm. you're just going upside down like you go through one portal you can be coming out upside down and you gotta c- kind of like get your bearings but yeah it, it is fun um especially like shooting people through portals or portaling behind them and just catching them off guard it, it is fun
1: yeah it, it like it makes me think like like them getting so much attention so suddenly with the mm. beta, it really makes me think about how much of a desire there is for like old school arena shooters. Hundred percent. Because like with Halo, you know, kind of far away still and being delayed, I guess. Mm. Like, I don't. It always feels like there's like there's always a, uh, what's the word? I guess a draw. Like, mm. it's always like impossible to know when is the right time for these certain like retro shooter series to come back. Because yeah. every time someone tries it, they just like fail miserably. Well, or, like, or maybe yeah. not every time, but frequently. Like, you know, like Quake tries to come back, doesn't work. And, and like, the there's, like,
2: yeah, like <laughs> it just
1: feels either. like every time, every time they try it in the last decade or so, it's just, they just don't mm. I, catch I re- enough of an audience to work.
0: I'm not sure if you remember this game, but I think it came out around 2016, 2017, or maybe even newer than that. It was <laughs> called Lawbreakers. It was oh, from yeah, yeah. Uh, Cliff <laughs> yeah, who made yeah. *Gears of War* and like worked on the Unreal games, and wow. like that was a very novel game. And you you could like, it, it had a lot of movement, like you were always constantly moving, and you could even fire backwards. It had like a lot of novel features, but that game just died in the ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I thought you were gonna say like yeah. uh,
1: *Toxic*. There was like a Quake, like oh, um, no. clone. I think it was called *Toxic*. I need I need to look it up. Um oh, okay. but it's. Yeah, but that was like that was like similar to split gate. You know, it's like an to team bringing back, well, not bringing back, but in split gate's case, mm. this is like a um, pretty certain as a quake clone, more or less. Oh, that was okay. um, just trying to you know do retro shooting again, but it's like again, yeah. there just isn't enough of a audience really seeking that out. It's like yeah. I wonder what like changed with split gate. Is like just because I don't know. I'm, just, I'm very curious to see what the general cons- like reason people were played it in such huge amounts all of a sudden because that's still (laughs) it's still strange to me
0: i think i think part of it's just people are tired of battle royale or they're tired of the new call of duty like they want to try something and the thing is because it's free to play the barrier to entry is so low you know what i mean and it's cross play so all right yeah so like i think that's the thing like i think even lawbreakers and stuff i'm pretty sure it started off being a paid game um, yeah, I don't think it even switched to free to play, did it? I it was only there for like a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting a refund on it because I was like, I can't even get it. I can't get into a game. Like, yeah, <laughs> I felt <laughs> that's, bad, but that's sad okay. actually. Yeah, but the thing about it is that you know those games kind of live and die by the gimmicks that they have, and hopefully, hopefully, um, it can survive. <laughs> that's yeah. that's all you can yeah, really hope for. It's a good start. Halo's not far away.
1: Yeah, it's like a better start than most games, and it's like unique enough. You know, it's like it's not just like. Mm. uh, I don't know if I'm pretty sure it's called Toxic, but I probably got the name wrong. But like it's um yeah like Toxic. You know that was just like a clone that is like as soon as the Juggernaut came back in Mm. any way, it would never would have survived long enough. Yeah. I mean I don't know. I might be misremembering. I'm probably misremembering that really, but (laughs) you know like Splitgate is still like definitive, like distinctive enough that it should still have its own community. Hopefully. Enough community. Especially if it's four yeah. people. Should be okay.
0: Yeah, the like but I had like I think I got into one of the game modes it was called like oddball. And if you've played old school Halo, you'd know what to do. But I got in there I haven't played like those modes in Halo. So I was just like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Am I meant to deliver the ball somewhere or something? I think you are meant to just like hold on to it for the longest amount of time. So mm. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but what about you? Have you been playing anything? This past week?
1: Oh, yeah. So, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not super into, like, being associated with wrestling right away, <laughs> as I said. <laughs> but I'm just going to go into a bunch of wrestling stuff again. So, um, yeah. So, first off, CM Punk was back in mm. AEW. So, he's been gone wow. for, like, seven years. This is something I've been researching because I, d- I wasn't watching wrestling. So, yeah. this is something I'm, like, recounting, you know, as, like, new information for me, personally. So, mm. he's been gone for seven years. He's been... I kind of, um, he left WB, WWE on very bad terms. So, mm. um, cause I listened to this infamous podcast episode like last week okay. that he was like sued over. It, uh, there's a lot of story behind it. Anyway, yeah. he was like, he was kind of like, um, talking
0: candidly probably things that WWE yeah, didn't like.
1: Oh, like the thing that was, he was sued over was him talking about the way the doctor treated him and that they kind of just ignored illnesses he had and he ended up like he ended up getting like a really major staff infection and that if the stuff like he had it like for months and then like he was very close to actually dying from it because wow. of how bad it was getting. Sheesh. So and that was because, and that was when he looked out like went to a doctor outside of WE because the one at WE was just telling to just, you know, keep going. Just shut whatever. up and keep going. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, he is like so he's been He's been out of the business for a long time. And, yeah. he, and he tried came MMA
0: back. for a while. I know that.
1: Yeah, I think he, he tried it like a couple of times in UFC and he lost twice. I I think, he, like, I don't know. As I understand, UFC is like the top of the card sort of thing, like top of the industry. Mm. And he was he didn't even have any experience with the lower, like amateur stuff. Because mm. like, I think, I don't remember where it was explained. Uh, yeah, because I listened to some other interview of his as well. And they kind of explained it a little bit there. Anyway, yeah, he lost twice and then he didn't do it again. Um So yeah, yeah got like, an interesting story. And he
0: was like a heel back in the day, right? A heel oh, who, he, in wrestling terms is like a like a bad guy.
1: Yeah, it's like a a okay, heel is a villain and a face, face which is short yeah. for baby face. Um, which is a still an odd term. <laughs> I
0: can, it's like meant to be like a good guy, right? In in yeah, wrestling. yeah, it's a
1: good guy. Yeah, the hero. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but he's he did both. Um. I think he's better known for being a heel because he's very yeah. good at it. He has that like full, like full on like asshole persona feel <laughs> to him. Like you gotta yeah. just completely buy into it without him really trying. Um, oh, anyway. Yeah. So the actual, the main story is that he came back to a, like a, he was like the worst kept secret on purpose. Like them kind of like, them suddenly announcing a 15,000 arena show, which is their biggest, or, like, aews all elite wrestlings their biggest show to date mm-hmm. um so they just suddenly announced it for this one one hour show like uh like a month ago or something and it's just like it's in chicago they kind of like they had like a couple of like really small teasers for people yeah. who would like pick up on it. Is and he so from the there? way it works sorry
0: is he from chicago
1: yeah he's, he's very very oh, okay. associated with chicago oh, so okay, it's cool. um yeah, so when he came out to the music and everything, like he couldn't hear his theme song at all. It's so loud, like the pop, like the roar of the crowd is oh, like that's just awesome, so though. intense. Like I haven't heard that yet <laughs> as like someone watching. I mean, I I've been watch, mostly watching wrestling during like the pandemic era, so yeah. I haven't had much crowds in general. But like, um, <laughs> yeah, wow. But it's it's very intense though. It's like wow. it's it's very new. Like it's like oh whoa like this happens. Uh, like I've been reading lots of comments saying it's like probably the biggest like you know audibly loud <laughs> sort of like crowd reaction in wrestling so Shit. far like people like compared it to other ones well i'm not sure if they've done a direct comparison but yeah i don't know just uh it's very cool how they did it It was very emotional as even for someone who has no connection or anything to them um mm. yeah and then definitely should i go into the other game i played we've been talking for a while <laughs> yeah
0: that's all right what, what was what was the game you played? <laughs>
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> I've it's yeah still on wrestling because right? <laughs> this is
1: like this is my life apparently, um, yeah. So I played yeah, the wrestling this like in, a this jump very now. very indie game, one person made game called Wrestling Empire, which yep. I think was like I think it was like popular with streamers for a second. It was mm. uh, and um, but that's kind of part of the reason I played it. It also just looks really fun. It is kind of fun, but it's like okay. it's like old school wrestling game. Like like it looks like an N64 game, like very much on purpose sweet and you like customize your move set and like how you look and you have like a career mode where you like get picked up by companies or um
0: oh wow or, this really does not. look like an n64
1: yeah it really <laughs> does yeah um like what i'm like what i've been thinking about a lot is like it's such a good setup for like massive mod support because mm. it's like i want like the sims version of create a character for that one like not in terms of like physically i want like i want to set my like Like mood my like personality okay like i want to be like this volatile (laughs) asshole and i want the
0: world of wrestling to react to it Uh, like uh, like it it reminds me of um it was like that it's a 2d wrestling series that came back recently oh fire pro fire pro wrestling yeah yeah because like that has a very robust kind of create a character thing yeah but it's, it's really your, yours is more about like personalities and you know like actual human attributes that could be really interesting
1: yeah well it's like that's kind of what i want from it it ends up mm. being more like it's still pretty gameplay heavy and like yeah. it's more about like you know you'll be offered a contract you can try and tweak the contract or not and if you don't get a contract enough time you end up like losing the game like uh, the okay. career mode and st- i yeah. don't know it's, it's very okay. like it's more like a very loose roguelike. <laughs> yeah. But I want I want the it to ultimate be ultimate
0: roguelike is wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, like loose, uh, I guess like
1: I bit more like thin, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So
0: it, it sounds like you want a game that's more like you want to like run a league and create the league from scratch rather than do the actual fighting. Oh, I know well, I
1: definitely a- want to be the one dude because I don't want to make like I just want to make one guy. Okay. But it's like I, like I want to make like oh, I did do it. It's just like There's a kind of a ceiling in terms of how much enjoyment I can get out of this game currently. Okay. But it's like I wanted to do like a technical guy, you know, one who like puts people in submission holds primarily. Because that's fun to me. But it's like it doesn't it doesn't really go very I don't know. There's ways of change like making it more um (laughs) getting like customizing your character more. Like having like personality traits, So, and I don't know, it's, it's just some odd decisions like it kind of ends up trying to force character changes and moveset changes onto you mm. because that's what promotions do but it's yep. just not a very fun thing to deal with and it's just like it's <laughs> like and like so you're like half your moveset will suddenly change and It's like wait what am i doing <laughs> like it really sucks. and you can't choose whether you're a heel or a face which oh, can make okay. sense in certain situations but you have no controller over it <laughs> which yeah. is kind of frustrating there's like there's just lots of things that modding could like refine into something incredible where right now it's more of a rough draft
0: ah gotcha that's um, oh, fun fingers eh? it's interesting let's see what happens and yeah. and that's a wrestling empire for people at home
1: yeah hmm.
0: nice nice well before we get into the news uh, over the past week let's talk about uh, a couple of the stories that went up uh, first was Ben's uh, review of Fire Tonight um, uh, TLDR is it sucks <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, he, was, he wasn't into it. Really, he was not happy with that at all. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it doesn't like. It's not a long game. It, it took him about an hour, not even, to do it. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, games like Sonara hearts that uh, he points out <clears throat> do a lot with their short runtime. But this just wasn't compelling in pretty much any way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the way he describes it, it makes it sound like a very rough, like hour-long demo. Or not even yeah. An hour. Yeah, it's like half an hour demo, but it's yeah. a full game. Like, cause you know, mm. like when you play a point and click game, you don't really expect it to last thirty minutes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, the second uh, article that went up was Callum's uh, review of No Longer Home. Uh, he actually uh, really enjoyed the game, and yes, there were some uh, some issues around some of the, the the kind of the structure of the narrative and some technical glitches. But overall, uh, Callum said that it was. Uh, it was said it was trying to tell a a weird coming of age story, and for the most part it actually uh does a very successful job of of doing that it's uh in his words it's a beautiful relatable tale um which is you know what pretty high praise especially especially now where there's no shortage of like um a lot of indie titles with a really strong story
1: yeah Calum are real so like i don't uh, he highlights something called the new weird like genre yeah. like subgenre which i hadn't heard of before actually yeah me I feel bad for I was, not
0: yeah uh, um, but I, I guess it i guess you're right like every generation's def- definition of weird probably changes so uh, well it makes yeah sense, i, guess, I like guess like new
1: Weird's like this kind of like subgenre of like like literary subgenre okay. while looking it up like you know wikipedia like an hour ago <laughs> it's like <laughs> Fair um, but you mm. know it's like it's about mm. um you know urban settings kind of mm. mashing mixing with sort of like more obtuse fantasy and sci-fi elements, which is like... I, I played the demo for No Long Home, and that's definitely the right term for it, as as Makes far sense. as I can see, at least. Yeah.
0: So it's like Stuart Little. <laughs> it's urban setting <laughs> with a whimsical, magical... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, it's very oh, like it's it's like a great representation for like non-binary folk and stuff. But it's it's just like Stuart Little, yeah. oh, <laughs> <Exactly. fair enough>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think um there was an, well, what came out last year was I feel like there was like another game like that where it was um like you were you plays like it's a world full of animals that are like humanized and you go back to your hometown and you. Oh, I forget what it's called, but I feel like that's oh. a game like this as well. Um, oh,
1: I, I just started it. playing it like last year too. Oh. Or not or not just started, <laughs> but like I started playing it like relatively recently. Oh, it's like a night something. I forgot yeah. what it's called. Oh, a
0: night in the No, not not in the forest. Um I, It was something like this. I think it had night in the name somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably <laughs> really like bad a bad weird this. game. <laughs> oh. See, I always yell at podcast hosts when they always forget things that they should know. Uh, I think this is I'm realizing how hard it is on the other side.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I'm typically like, cause my sister forgets like literally everything with a name. And like, so I end up doing like all of it, like <laughs> in a conversation, it's like, Oh, what's that thing? And it's like, I can figure it out. But it's like every time we're doing this podcast, they're just all gone. Uh Uh,
0: it, Night in the woods. I think it was. That's the one. it. Yeah. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. night in the woods. <laughs> yeah that's the one where you like go back to college you've you've come back from college you come home and yeah and you're dealing with all the uh, like all the characters in like a small town like kind of judging yeah this must yeah, be also like it. a new new uh quote-unquote new weird uh story as well so uh, yeah jesus you can tell <laughs> i <I'm not laughs> a literally a liter- literary major
1: <laughs> no i think you're right yeah no it's a good comparison
0: Oh, fair enough. Oh, hopefully, um, Callum's proud of that. <laughs> I'd say. So yeah, that was uh, what was on Double Jump this past week. John, let's uh, let's talk about the news this week. What's the first story?
1: Their first is the Singaporean government has started investigating the country's Ubisoft office, so that's Ubisoft Singapore, for potentially breaching workplace laws. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> what did I do?
0: No, no, you. I'm saying like, it's just oh. like <laughs> Ubisoft, Activision Blizzard, Riot Games, they're just fighting for the bottom of the industry, like in terms of workplace culture.
1: Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, a, it's really, uh, I don't know, I can't remember a lot of time like following gaming news where this happened, where it's just like week after week of like very similar stories. So in this case, it seemed, um, uh, what was it? The Tripartite Tripartite? damn it. I've pronounced it earlier too, and I got it wrong. Tripartite Alliance mm-hmm. for Fair and Progressive <laughs> Employment Practices, so TA, TAFEP sh- for short, has launched an investigation to Ubisoft Singapore. Um, according to the Straits Times, the TAFEP received anonymous feedback on July 23rd about uh, for, of reports of sexual harassment and poor employee treatment. And they've called on um, the public with knowledge of such acts to report it to the police. So. Um, good.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing to do, yes. Yeah.
1: It's like, yeah, it's kind of a nice to hear sign. Like yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it happened with California as well, but that, mm. that's a different situation but um well not very different i guess anyway so um at a recent press event ubisoft singapore managing director daryl long he stressed the need to start to change the way that we are perceived the way that we act internally as well and when the verge yeah. asked ubisoft oh sorry what was that
0: no was like that and that was a quote oh
1: sorry <laughs> yeah so end quote when The Verge asked Ubisoft to comment on the TAFEP's investigation, a spokesperson stressed that the French publisher is intolerant of mistreatment and supports hiring local workforce, which is quite the spin, I think. Um, <laughs> quote, We do not and will not tolerate discrimination or abuse, they said. We celebrate our really? inter- inter- <laughs> international culture and work to ensure our teams are deeply integrated into their respective local communities, end quote.
0: Yeah, because I think that was, uh, I think it was last month that we we talked about kind of the Kotaku report into Ubisoft Singapore. I think one of the, the, the main takeaways there was that I think only about 40% of Ubisoft Singapore was actually made up of local like developers. Oh, okay. And so I think I've that was... I forgot that part, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, the whole sexual harassment and misconduct kind of takes over the discussion there. But yeah, that was also part of it. And that's why this comment um, from Ubisoft touches on that.
1: Yeah. It's like, I think all I'd heard... All that I've remembered is um that they yeah, really mistreat their workforce and they've become quite yep. of like a particularly trying factory for like kind of assets. <laughs> yeah. Like 'cause they're, like that's how a lot of these development studios work they have like kind of satellite studios creating mm. like, you know, basic assets for the yeah. central studios in usually in Western countries. Yeah. This is one of those.
0: Though they're like, working like, think on it
1: yeah like think about so like, like Assassin's
0: Creed and how like 15 studios contribute to it but like the main studios like Ubisoft Montreal or you know whatever mm. um, is the main one
1: yeah so yeah, yeah so sorry, I guess it's saying. like during because like they had been developing Skull and Bones which I think is still technically yep. in development but it sounds like it'll never come out
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. F- who knows
1: yeah I mean knowing that that matters I was just trying to kind of you know add context yeah, to context. this studio <laughs> yeah you're I being a responsible <laughs> journalist. <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah. Well.
0: A- and the and the the, the TAFE P- TAFEp is kind of like, um, it's sort of like, I guess, like Fair Work Australia, kind of the equivalent, like, kind of industry watchdog to make sure, like, for workplaces in Singapore. That's yeah, a, that's why it's so significant because it's actually the government launching that investigation.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of mm. nice to see some like, or not nice. I should, I should, I need better words. But um, yeah, it's it's good to see this kind of like, yeah, regulatory bodies actually coming after gaming studios. Like it should have, yeah. it should have been earlier, and it should have been before yeah. these kind of things happened. But it feels like it's like it needs to happen, and I'm mm. glad it's happening. So yeah, something.
0: exactly, exactly. And and uh, a, a similar story also came out. Uh, this past week but this time um in California uh with right games so the California Department of let's see fair employment and housing so the DFEH uh which which is what um which is the uh the kind of the government organization that uh is suing Activision Blizzard in the state of California for uh, you know allegations over allegations of toxic workplace culture uh so this uh, same department is actually coming after Riot Games, uh, because, <sighs> Riot Games, if, uh, I'll, I'll just set the stage, in, 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 like, 2018, uh, Kotaku did an expose, and uh, there was a lot of interviews, a lot of press around, <laughs> kind of, like, the, the really shitty, broy bratty frat culture at Riot Games, a lot of, you know, sexual misconduct and harassment, and, like, a very dude-bro culture there that, you know, Kind of got exposed to the media in 2018, uh, and the year after, in 2019, uh, basically Riot Games collected up about a hundred uh, female employees and got them to do private arbitration to kind of discuss their allegations of what happened at the studio, and essentially uh, uh, told them that they had to waive their rights to speak to like the press or lawyers or the or the government about what was discussed in these kind of secret meetings, right? Now, according to uh, uh, Californian law, companies are actually forbidden from preventing employees from contacting the government when it comes to um, issues about the workplace environment. So uh, when the DFEH heard about this, 2019 about these secret discussions it lobbied uh the los angeles superior court to get access to the documents or to the to the records of these discussions and um you know and to uh like get the superior court to uh make riot tell its tell these employees that they do have rights to speak to the dfh or to speak to the government about what's happened uh, it took about eighteen months, uh, in and then in January of this year, uh, the the Los Angeles Los Angeles Superior Court finally ordered Wright to produce these uh, secret arbitration documents, so to speak, to the DFEH, uh, and then Wright kind of sandbagged, delayed it until about April. Then in April to June uh, was even more delays. Finally in June, the courts like, no, we've had enough. Uh, it issued a corrective notice saying you have to let your employees know that they have a right to speak to the DFEH, and now uh, it's been a couple of months since then, and now the DFEH has compelled the court to so basically ask the court, like formally requested to the court again to get Right Games to comply with, uh, basically, you know, the law. In response to, in response to, you know, uh, Kotaku. Approaching Riot Games for comment about the DFEH latest kind of uh, kind of move, the uh, Riot Games spokesperson kind of made it clear that uh, the is- the issue was quote unquote mainly related to former employees, uh, end quote, and that the company is quote has never and will never retaliate against anyone for talking to any government agency, end quote. So, it's interesting. Um, uh, you know the language there, saying that oh, we'll never do anything against anyone for talking to the government, but doesn't mention anything about you know w- preventing them from or or avoiding telling them about their rights to speak to the government. You know what I mean? Yeah, just so, more spin.
1: <laughs> Getting used yeah, to reading this stuff
0: because the whole th- the whole um, controversy about that private arbitration is that no one knows the terms of those agreements or what was discussed in those meetings. So were they threatened or were they you, you know what I mean like? Especially a company like Riot Games, which is owned wholesale by Tencent, which mm-hmm. has seemingly unlimited pockets when it comes to funding. Like, they could probably fund a bazillion lawyers and bankrupt anyone who tried to go against them, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's... Yeah, <sighs> it's I, shit. I don't think I have, it's shit all I have to add, actually. It's just kind of like, yeah. just another step. And it's situation. like, would hope that riots kind of would be getting better. Not really. Um, they have yeah. to kind of be, you know, dragged into some level of uh appropriate behavior where it's a corporation mm. and it's leaders.
0: Yeah. So yeah. and like uh that's and with all the shit that's going on, um like uh Call of Duty Vanguard got formally unveiled this past week. It's seen in World War Two, developed by Sledgehammer Games, that's about it. You're gonna get all the guns in it in Warzone, but there's not many details about what's going on in terms of updating the Verdansk map in Warzone. And frankly, I can't be bothered talking about it because it's Activision Blizzard and it hasn't really earned, <laughs> you know, like a key spot. Like, I know it's important news, but it's another Call of Duty. It's going back to World War II and it's been made by Sledgehammer Games, which made Call of Duty World War II. So this is a sequel to World War II, which sounds stupid in and of itself, but... You know, yeah. Call of Duty started off with World War 2 It's going back to what it knows. Um, yeah, <laughs> old guns are boring. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it
1: sounds like it's like it's like if World War Two uh, was like World War One, revenge or yeah. something. <laughs> um, exactly. Anyway, yeah. it's that also reminds me how like I think yeah sorry. Just as a aside, as Activision hey, also confirmed that all I think every single one of their studios is on Call of Duty now, after they've kind of shifted. Uh. Um, around like um, Toys for Bob who worked on Crash and um, mm. Skylanders and um,
0: yeah uh, was
1: it Vicarious? and that Tony wa-
0: Hawk as well was that, um, that Vicarious used to but Vicarious is now I think under Blizzard but oh that's right still yeah, under the that's stable right. so um, who knows I was
1: trying to, I, I, can't, I don't keep track of their studios very well because I don't buy many don't of their the, games uh, in the first trust place
0: trust me uh, clearly Activision doesn't because no one knew what the fuck's going on in that company <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in I guess more shooter news. I guess that's a decent segue. <laughs> um, Halo <Good>. Infinite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> um, Halo <laughs> Infinite won't launch with co-op or forge mode when it releases this it's holiday crazy. season. Yeah,
0: oh, it's disappointing, man.
1: It's like my main memories with it is like co-op. Hundred percent. Like I know it'll come back. And I'm kind of anyway. We can talk about it in a sec. In this month's development update video feature, Halo Infinite creative lead lead, Joseph Staten, revealed that developer 343 Industries, that there won't be um, a cooperative campaign or forge multiplayer modes at launch. So uh, quote, unfortunately, as we focused the team for shutdown and really focused on a quality experience for launch, we made the really tough decision to delay shipping campaign co-op for launch. Uh, says, Oh, no, it just says for launch twice. <laughs> mm. Um And we also made the tough call to delay shipping Forge past launch as well. End quote. Staten added that the development team did not feel like could de- deliver both modes in a way that meets the quality bar across all platforms at Halo Infinite's launch later this year. Um Yeah. yeah so Makes th- sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the one thing, the only thing that stands out, like, it's a pity, like, I understand those two I think the co-op, it makes sense to me on some level because this is like the open world one where that doesn't yeah. slot in quite as neatly to like yeah. have that work. Um, Forge is, I'm guessing, a pretty big undertaking that they might be doing because I think they announced yeah. some Forge details a few months ago, but I forget what they were.
0: Yeah, like it, it's a new engine. It's going to be like a whole bunch of new lighting systems, like physics rendering and everything. Like I can understand, like people don't realize that Um if if you're in like an office environment or like a collaborative environment when you get that taken away by working from home you actually lose a lot more than just you know the office banter right you're like you you lose um kind of the efficiencies you have when you can just turn around and speak to someone quickly solve a problem right there you know things get slowed down because you got to you got to schedule in calls or you have got to send emails and wait for a response that's that's i'm sure all of that kind of adds to the the whole factor plus um, you know, I don't know. Like, it's already all that added stress plus the mental health, you know, impact of not being able to kind of socialize or decompress. You know, just like kind of catch up with people and and relax. I th- I'm sure it all adds up. And I'm I'm I'd rather this uh, this is probably the smart way because if I think if Halo Infinite, and I'm sure you'd agree, if that got delayed by another year again, I'm sure like people would be flipping tables even more.
1: Yeah, it's um, it does actually make me think about um, the Master Chief Collection's various yeah. issues and how <laughs> they probably don't want to, like,
0: Repeat. deal with that again. Yeah. Well, yeah. not deal
1: with it, but I guess, like, cause like, them, whatever.
0: Back, like, Halo, um, the Master Chief Collection, took, like, two, three years before it got to, like, some level of stability. I thought it was longer than <laughs> like that, took actually. A, well... It took it to get to a stability, and then as a make good, they said, "Oh, you're gonna get Halo Three ODST for free or Halo Reach." Then they then once they got to stability, then they started adding stuff. Obviously, I think the multiplayer took longer because that was like a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah,
0: hearing and then like coming to PC and then crossplay and everything. But you know, Halo the Master Chief, Halo the Master Chief Collection now is like a great package now. But when it came out, man, it was a mess.
1: Mm. <laughs> I guess in a way it's like they're kind of the I mean, I I guess I don't think it's really an upside, but it it might be in certain ways where this means mm. that people will focus pretty purely on the core multiplayer experience and the core campaign experience as intended, you know, with all the story yeah. heavy stuff and it's like
0: Yeah.
1: In a way it's like kind of I don't know. I'm not really sure if that would help it, but I yeah. think there's some something to be said mm. about like, how people might me, perceive it. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's yeah.
0: that's Like, for me, Halo is co-op. Like, yeah,
1: I agree. Uh, my favorite <laughs>
0: moments, like, playing Halo 1 when it came out, it was, like, one of the first video games I played on, like, that modern... Like, I played GoldenEye and Mario Kart and stuff, but that was, like, one of the, like, memories I have is, like, playing with, like, my, like, really good family friend who was a couple of years older than me, but, you know, playing Halo... Admittedly, I think at that time, we were, like, just playing it on easy, but it took, like, a couple of hours... And it was, like, so much fun just going through it. And you have that kind of, you know, you have those memories. I remember playing Halo 2 with my, like, my really good friend Luke. You know, um, uh, like, everyone's got their stories with Halo and co-op. Like, you mentioned that you've got memories of co-op with Halo as well. Like, did you have anything like like that? that
1: I definitely played a good amount in, like high school at some point because i had a 360 yeah. for a while and then i got a ps3 not long after yeah. but like I, I spent yeah i played a lot of halo like that was like the time i played because i didn't have an original xbox i only had a 360 yeah. for like i want say like three years maybe it wasn't very long yeah that's like the entire time i've played halo <laughs> is between and it's mm. like i played it a lot by myself but like all the memories i have is co-op stuff yeah and like that's kind of because it's like you know so it's, like, it's how it's built it's like this really it's like the only shooter that's like kind of a sandbox as well like much more than mm. most and that's kind yeah. of like those you know those small stories that emerge out of playing it especially with some other people is like and you know 100%. like getting into a warthog with one in the back one in the front so <laughs> like, you know like it's just it's so yeah. it like I don't have any like concrete memories either I just have like you know good yeah. feels from playing it with others
0: and you know what's um, you know how I to- we talked about me watching Aliens and uh, aliens uh what's interesting is that you can kind of see the there's so much of an influence of aliens on like sci-fi of this era <coughs> like video games especially like halo like the the marines like the hoorah and everything like you can totally like that um macho kind of locker room kind of like campy uh banter like that's straight out of aliens so it was like um sergeant johnson so like oh, yeah. the the sergeant in Aliens is this like kind of like sarcastic black guy. He wears the same hat. He trumps a cigar. Right. Like it it it's crazy like how like how influential that was on on Halo. Yeah. So it kind of reminds it, you of it, a lot of funny, Starship
1: yeah. Troopers. It's like if yeah. So it's like Aliens like leads as to as well. Starship Troopers, and then Starship yeah, and Halo Troopers comes after that. Yeah, but it's, like, you get rid of all the parody. <laughs> and it's, like, oh, no, we're bringing it back, but we're keeping all, yep. like, the, you know... Because like, it makes me think of Starship Troopers because Starship Troopers is, like, very sunny. Whenever I think of alien mm. aliens, it's very dark <clears throat> and grim. And yeah,
0: bleak. true, true. And I
1: think of, like, I don't know. I don't know. They don't really connect that easily. Like, Starship Troopers mm. and Halo, I just think of the visuals. Because, like, you know, it's, like, mm. they're kind of wearing that kind of blocky future-ish yeah. mi- like, military gear but it's all like very bright sunlight and that's kind of how I associate sun- Halo. Like I don't think at yeah. night time when I think of Halo, you know?
0: Yeah, because like even if you think about like Star Wars, like Star Wars, like most of Star Wars is like kind of shot in the dark. There's only like some scenes in Tatooine that are in sunlight and maybe like the Ewok battle at like Revenge of the Sith. No. Revenge of- no, Return of the Jedi. What am I thinking of? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> like, yeah. And like even, I think, guess Dune like, the original Dune might have been, like, a sunny, quote-unquote, sunny sci-fi story. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, campaign in Halo be sorely missed. Um, I, I hope that it's not too long of a wait, because I'd, I'd, I'm actually looking forward to playing Halo Infinite this year.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, like... Mm yeah I'm excited for it yes. uh, like I hope they do something cool with co-op if it's like you know because it's like open world and stuff so kind of I yeah. don't know there might be Maybe some cool. like silver linings to having it come a bit later but yeah we'll see yeah. still a bit of disappointment though
0: I hope it's not like um, oh well we've got so much more area to work with okay so I'm gonna be on this bridge you're gonna have to go flip the switch but now it's just three kilometers away <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hopefully not <laughs> yeah long distance Taylor yeah Speaking of uh, long distance and uh, long time periods, how about we talk about Nintendo Switch doing a clean sweep of the Famitsu game sales charts for the first time uh, in 33 years. So uh, according to Axios, which is kind of the outlet that Stephen Totillo, who used to write for Kotaku and MTV back in the day, um, where he writes for now, uh, uh, basically did a report uh, reporting on Famitsu's game charts kind of sales figures. And according to uh, Famitsu, uh, for the week ending August 8th, so a couple of weeks ago, um, all top 30 games in Japan were held by Nintendo Switch titles. Now, that type of clean sweep hasn't happened uh, since 1988 when the original Nintendo Famicom, so the the (laughs) Japanese version of the, the NES uh came out. Like that's crazy.
1: I thought they said ninety eight for a second. That's <laughs> like oh wait eighty. Eighty eight. Like before again.
0: both of us were born. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, very that's, young. That's,
0: <laughs> like oh. think about it, like back in eighty eight, um, it made more sense because there was basically the Famicom and I think the original Master System, I don't even think the uh, Sega Genesis uh, so, or came out at that time, or Mega Drive came out. I think that was nineteen eighty nine. So this is it was basically just Nintendo and like whatever old Sega or Turbo Graphics system or whatever you had, you know. So it makes more sense. But now you got PS five doing Gangbusters, um, PS four still strong, but Nintendo um, just doing a clean sweep. Well, it's That's like awesome.
1: it really makes me think about how like the in Japan. The consoles, Mm. like, even PlayStation... You know, like, Xbox has never had enough of a footprint there in the first place. Um, But I think... I feel like they might have grown it a little bit in last... Maybe Mm. they didn't. I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) My point was, though, is that PlayStation grew, like, has been, like, dwindling pretty steadily. 100%. Like, their their presence has been falling more and more. Like, handhelds.
0: The 3DS was what was dominant in... Uh, The Wii and then the 3DS was what was dominant in there, in Japan. Mm. And even, like, the PlayStations, you're right, it hasn't been as popular as, like, the PS2 when it was, like, king.
1: Yeah. Like, it makes me think about how, you know, when there's, like, there was barely an interest in the PS4 to begin with. Like, PS5 is Mm. just barely going to have a presence. Like, like, I can't imagine this will be the last time this happens, if this is when it happens the first time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um oh that's uh you know what good on good on nintendo i mean it, if the quality's out there people will it's just a testament to the switch to that there's that many games out there that people always complain about oh you know you only buy nintendo consoles to play nintendo games it's like well clearly there's enough people doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true uh speaking oh. of nintendo we've got a new pokemon presents uh Oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> Got caught up on something. Yeah. New Pokemon presents yeah. uh, mm. Nintendo Direct. Well, oh, it's not a Nintendo Direct anyway. Might as well be. Big like the Pokemon
0: presents presentation. Yeah, I guess. yeah, like a virtual show pre-recorded. Yeah,
1: it's like yeah, it's mm. Pokemon themed version of a conference talk thing. Except that mm. now it's just two big trailers for their new new games: <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So two
0: remakes of Diamond and Pearl, yeah, uh, respectively.
1: Mm. So for Diamond and Pearl, for the Diamond and Pearl remakes, um, we saw some expanded features from the original game. So the first is the Underground, which is this kind of, it's like, actually not sure how you call it. Like it, it's a weird thing to describe because it's like this, like under, like literally underground section of like tunnels and stuff that you can kind mm. of like roam around and like build your secret base, and like get like, I don't remember how quite exactly I do it, but you kind of like, um scavenge through like rocks to find gems and stuff like that it's it's a kind of it's a weird mode <laughs> it's hard to describe but it was like primarily a multiplayer thing where like you kind of yeah. build your base and then you kind of hang out with others in like your same instance or okay. something like that it's, so it it's like been a while like since played it
0: it was like kind of like a minecrafty take or set in the in the universe but with less obviously crafting in mind it's more just about hanging out in a space
1: yeah, a little bit. It, it really is mm. tough to describe, I think. I'll need to, some time yeah. to write it out. Um, but it's like now they've kind of upgraded it a little bit where you can create statues in your base, which lead to changes in these little Pokemon habitats um, in the underground. So, like, uh, they've kind of expanded it in a way that makes it a little more useful and interesting for, like, you mm. know, main single player stuff. Mm. Um, and the other expanded version was the Super Contest which are like, I guess they're like, Poke- like Pokemon version of dog shows <laughs> like you kind of, you dress up <laughs> your Pokemon, you do stuff um, but it's like they kind of made it a bit closer because originally I have like firm like very strong memories of it being disappointing but kind of neat still in the original one because it's like you get your big sprite of the Pokemon and then you put a bunch of stickers on it and then <laughs> it's like that's how you kind of get whatever points you're going for like fashionable yeah. or beautiful or something like that I play. I I don't know why mm. I played it as much as I did because I definitely played it a fair bit. Um,
0: well, I think it, this might have been. I'm pretty sure were these the ones on DS? Yeah, that would have been the first ones on were. DS. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was just like you were because you're you're a few years younger than me. So maybe it was just like this was like for me, um, like yellow, and then like uh, gold and silver crystal. That was like my generation. Yeah. And maybe this was just a few years after that and it was like maybe primed for your generation you know what I mean
1: Uh, well I went gold, silver, crystal and then the next generation was was, like um, ruby um, sapphire, ruby yeah and then after that because I remember really wanting ruby sapphire but I never had a Game Boy Advance so I never played those ones Uh, so Diamond and Pearl is the ones that got me into Pokemon uh, which Mm. I don't think is all that I mean every every generation has its own you know new people into it Um, yeah oh yeah but the one the thing I wanted to mention about Super Contest though is like watching the trailer for it now it kind of reminds me of what I wanted from it back when I played it which <laughs> was like like yeah. it is in the cartoon like in the anime where it's like yeah. you know that you're doing like you know you're, sure. you're doing your moves and you're getting judged for it for how pretty they yeah. are or whatever and it's like oh it's just yeah. like it was in
0: the when I watched it as a kid that's great look at this machamp look how look how sexy he is <laughs> yeah yeah and, and uh-huh.
1: you're also as a smaller side you're also able to um customize your outfits which you weren't able to do mm. um yeah so it personally like uh, the
0: graphics are a bit better as well
1: yeah i personally thought it looks quite a lot better i think a lot of it's just yeah. like adding depth of field to the background like a lot of it <laughs> <Okay>. like <laughs> it, it adds a weird <laughs> amount of like just visual fidelity to it it just looks a lot nicer mm. Uh, but it like, uh, for some, I don't know. Like I had a like a pretty lukewarm reaction to it when it was revealed. Yeah. Like I, I just thought it looked very rough, personally. Mm. And now when it's re-revealed, really it's like, oh, everything's cute, and the depth of field adds like a weird amount to it. Like you just like yeah. off, like you just uh, you know just visual pleasantness. I don't know. My <laughs> words are gone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was I was surprised at how much I was into it this time compared to last time. So, um, yeah, so the other half of this trailer was a new... Oh, <laughs> this presentation was a new um, look at Ar- Pokemon Legends Arceus, their new Breath of the Wildy open-world version of Pokemon that is mm. technically a mainline game as well. So it's definitely a bit of a... Um, what's the word? Like turning point for the brand, I think, as a game series. Mm. Like we'll see it, how it goes from here.
0: Like it'll be... It's more of like a straight-action adventure game rather than kind of the... The RPG turn-based strategy well, it's gameplay like, that we'd be used to
1: yeah like that's kind of what's interesting about it because it kind of mm. has a pretty decent succinct showcase of what the gameplay mm. looks like in this game and it's like a combination of them where like you can like throw yeah. out your Pokemon to start game, turn-based battle with Pokemon if you want or you can like sneak up to them and like each Pokemon has yeah. its like own ways of being caught most effectively or efficiently or at all maybe I'm not sure mm. so it's like you know you have mm. to sneak up to a bird that's like a pigeon or whatever they're based on. I actually not sure. yeah, what it, I, uh, yeah let's say a well, pigeon. I don't know what they're based on. Um, well, uh,
0: it, it's it's kind of like I remember like Pokémon Stadium was kind of um the best that Nintendo and Game Freak could do back on the, you know, the the N64. And then on the GameCube there was that um it was like it was it was it was more like an adventure game. Oh, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like Coliseum was and Stadium,
1: right? Because I was like yeah. X D something. I never played those ones because I never had a game yeah. team. Um I'm very um, unfamiliar with the uh yeah Because I know
0: I know definitely it was on on GameCube. I'm just trying to think of what it was, but it was definitely more like a an adventure game. And then and then like um the what was it, the the Mysteries, like the mystery, whatever. Oh, mystery I dungeon. What's yeah, because mystery dungeon, it, those yeah, were like okay. very different. Oh, uh, by the way. And those yeah. were like a very different game as well. Mm. So, like, I wonder how this is gonna. I Wonder how it's gonna come out because the memes have not been kind.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's something yeah. worth mentioning a little bit. Is like I, I kind Ooh. of enjoy it. It's kind of like, uh, I've been kind of a, uh, I've been comparing it a bit to like watercolor, where it's like kind of like, it's kind of this very soft muddy look in the way it's like kind Mm. of it's like it doesn't have defined lines and like edges like for its visuals like there is on the character models and stuff but like if you kind of look at the grass it's kind of like um, almost like blurry fuzzy it's like chromatic aberration except without the colors separating almost something like that Um, yeah. But yeah, so it lo- it looks kind of rough in a certain shots. I remember there's one shot where it's like a vista of like a distant mountain, and it just looks like this really muddy icy te- ice texture. And it's like, oh, oh, uh, um, it's a
0: Nintendo sixty four slash early GameCube demo or Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like I I really <laughs> do don't not mind how it looks. I, it's just aspects yeah. of it are you know weirdly rough or just even not you know there's really nice looking games on the. Um, Switch, Switch and it's just yeah. it's weird like it's still surprising how far behind Game Freak are
0: um, well that, that's the thing maybe maybe what it was is like um, maybe that's why the Pokemon games they're, they're like okay in in Pokemon we just got to make sure that the, the three meters in front of your feet looks good <laughs> now that to pan the camera up and they're like holy shit <laughs> yeah I, I, <laughs> at the very least I hope
1: the frame rate's not bad because that's something they always uh, kind of yeah. put to the back you know, like, it's like, oh, if it looks this good, we'll kind of sacrifice the frame rate a bit. Mm. That's definitely I mean, that's, kind of a habit they have.
0: Like, Nintendo's had a good reputation for frame rate, but I know that um, with Breath of the Wild, like, on the original Switch, it had really bad frame rate. Oh, I just meant Game
1: Freak. I meant Pokemon games. It's oh. so like, Nintendo's, yeah, like, they oh, okay, tend to be okay at it at least. Like, uh, they yeah, just tend not but, to yeah. go for high frame rates.
0: But uh, I know, like, that um, other The Legend of Zelda... Link's Awakening like that remake oh yeah that's right I think right. that also had pretty bad um, like uh, frame rate issues but like Game Freak I don't know like I feel like Game Freak's just made this one type of Pokemon games for so long that yeah, I wonder it's how like, it'll handle it.
1: yeah it's like they transitioned into 3D with X and Y but they mm. were like not really ready for it and they didn't scale up mm. and then they kind of never really scaled yeah. up fast enough to match their like output so it's like I don't know. They've they've had some time off for this one, which is kinda nice. So and there's like still <laughs> yeah. we still have like a months until it comes out. So there's definitely improvements yeah. that could be made. Um Yeah. And,
0: oh. and and less I mean, remember and then we had like other spin offs like Pokken Tournament, which is like a Tekken style game, so that like there is room but it's just that those like the Mystery Dungeon games and X D and stuff, like they weren't done by Game Freak and that's probably why they did better. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe. That's just, like, uh, maybe that's unfair on Game Freak. Maybe Nintendo just hasn't given, or maybe Pokemon Company hasn't given the right resources to them. But I w- I w- what if there was like, um, what if uh, Hideki Kamiya made like a Bayonetta style game, but it was Pokemon <laughs> like, action style game? That'd, that'd well, cool. that's
1: actually, well, it's not that, but like I remember like a dream game Something of was mine was like, right? yeah, yeah, a little bit where it's like, I want like one that's kind of like a arena based like, Action RPG, that plays a little like like, uh, I uh, don't have a good comparison off the top of my head. For some reason, I'm thinking like Power Stone, even though that's a bad comparison. Okay. Well, but like I basically want a game where I can kind of control the Pokemon in a way that's like accurate to how they actually are, rather than like a turn-based mm. setup. Like I want to like, you know, yeah, I want yeah. to control a bird or whatever, I want it to be the exact size it's meant to be, and I want to be able to do the stuff that, that Pokemon's meant to be doing. Like, I, I guess I want like a playable version of the anime, when I say it out loud.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, more real-time, less turn-based.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm fine with how it is. Like, I, I like... The, and yeah. if anything, I, I really appreciate that there's such a big series that continues to be turn-based, because that is not a mm-hmm. common fact for anything else. But, um, it, like, even Dragon Quest seems to be changing things up with Eleven. Like, from... what well, I mean, I, I don't think... Mm-hmm. I think it'll still be turn-based, but, it'll you know, it changes things up yeah. a bit, and, yeah.
0: But at least now we have... um, I think, like, the most recent Yakuza went turn-based, right?
1: Yeah, it's like I think it's like kind know. of like loose turn like a th- you know it's not mm-hmm. like I don't know I haven't played it. I just know it's like very like fast-paced and slippery in terms of turn-based <laughs> mechanics. But yeah, no, it's like it's it's, true. it's cool to see a comeback for it cuz I feel like it definitely started with like indie games as well. Like there's mm-hmm. kind of been a drive mm-hmm. to see more of like traditional types of gameplay. Um yeah. oh, before I forget the um the Arceus Trail um presentation, the trailer, revealed a few more mm. regional forms and evolutions of existing Pokemon. So um no brand new ones yet though, but they're pretty great. So um a regional form of Growlith, which looks uh I don't know. What does it look like? It's like samurai looking almost I don't know. That's not the right word for it. It looks pretty cute though. It's like
0: more wolfy. Yeah it's like got like a like of fur
1: wolfy? and uh oh. It's clearly designed after something I'm having a hard time remembering a word for. Um, The fish Pokemon Basculin turns into. um, Crap. I should have typed out the name for these things. Um, But it turns (laughs) into like a haunted graveyard version of a fish, which I found really funny that they even had in a trailer. It's like it explains the origin of it, (laughs) where it's just like enough of its family or like other fish have died and like kind of latched onto this fish is single fish where it's like like seeing it initially it's like oh cool basculine is getting evolution like I wonder like this is like a big I thought it was like a koi fish you know because they get gigantic and they're in like a big environment like they they, you know they reflect the size of their surroundings I thought it was like oh you Mm -hmm. know that makes sense because I think that's what they're based on I was like oh no it's like soul fish Um, (laughs) uh, Uh,
0: I, I just I just love how batshit crazy that sounds
1: yeah I love it like I always forget how Rate the origins for a lot of like, like I need to go through po- like yeah. the Pokedex properly and like because a lot of them have those kind of origins.
0: This Pokémon carries the souls of its slain family. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's like what? ten of them <laughs> as
1: well. There's a lot of them like that.
0: <laughs> oh god. Um, it's...
1: Yeah, and, and to finish off, Stantler gets a themed um, themed evolution, a regional evolution called Wydeer that's kind of like snow based and. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all the new information from Arceus so far. Mm.
0: And yeah, and, oh, well, uh, you know what? I'm. I mean, we talk about we're giving shit to Game Freak, but hopefully, ho- like, we don't want to see a bad game. Like, we want we want it to be good. I think just if you can't get this, if you can't get the um, if you can't get like kind of the the fidelity in terms of graphical like raw graphical power, then you can kind of do a lot with art style and, and breath of the wild really demonstrates that yeah and Super like, mario uh,
1: i think arcus uh, is actually not a bad example it well. of it though because i genuinely like mm. how it looks artistically but it's like it's like it's like artistically or stylistically whatever the word you want um it's like it's carrying arcus on on, on its back with like very little technological on the on the technical side to really back it up to like really kind mm. of fulfill the vision that its art is promising like it does a little yeah. bit, but it doesn't get close enough to what you want, and it kind of—I don't know—it always kind of keeps happening. Although, I don't know their last few games don't look bad at all. This one, I think, it just really shows how limited they are in that that side of development compared to, yeah. like, it's that like open-world games are such a big undertaking for any developer. So, mm. the idea that, like, you know, they've been gradually scaling up their games in ter- into, like, ambition-wise, like, in terms of, like, scope, and and now they kind of hit the big one <laughs> of, an op- like, a proper open-world game, and they had a bit of a test run with the DLC for Sword and Shield, and now they're doing a big version of it, mm. and, like, it just it just looks kind of rough. Like, I I don't <laughs> know, it might pl- I bet it'll look nicer in person, you know, like, actually playing yeah. it, but the presentation didn't do it one like didn't really do it any favors in some ways
0: yeah uh but uh, like a a slight aside there um is that i obviously i haven't been keeping up with pokemon for years now so i was delighted to learn that there's like a dinosaur pokemon called tyrant it looks like a mini t-rex and he's adorable <laughs> and i want a plushie of him so yeah d- uh, I need to find it. <laughs> is
1: it like uh, like as I've gotten older, like the cuteness factor of Pokemon has gotten far more important to me, <laughs> which is really nice <laughs> yeah. because it's like aligned with the series. Because the last two yeah. generations have been like really good designs that don't look, you know, if like they've veer, they've been veering further and further away from like kind of cooler in quotes designs, like, yeah. you know, kind of edgy. Yeah. Like not in that a ton, it had a ton of general.
0: I think that was like the. I think that happened. Like, f- I think before the last few years, but maybe during, like, the the Wii slash Wii U era, maybe, that Pokemon was trying to be too cool, too cool for school, and now it's kind of, like, getting a bit, like, fun again. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think Diamond and Pearl might have represented some of that, now I think about it. Don't, <laughs> I don't know, it's not, like, I don't think it's very present in any of them, but mm. I think, that like, I've, Sword and Shield's, like, new Pokemon, like, I... I like, like, 95% of them quite a lot. Like, they're really nice, their designs.
0: That's saying that's saying a lot because there are a lot of Pokemon to that come out in every generation. Like, so. I,
1: yeah, like, I have, I have an appreciation for, like, most of them. Like, mm. I, in general, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not the pers- best person to ask because I don't have, like, very strong opinions about Pokemon designs. I just generally like them. Um, yeah. I just generally don't like the ones that are, like, overly cool looking without much, like, endearing kind of visual features, like, um, was mm. it like Skarmory, that bird with a bunch of metal on it, <laughs> with like armor on it, and it's just like, I never liked that one, just because it's like, it's so basic, and like straightforward, and not all that cute or anything, so it's yeah. just, yeah, it's like, so, like, yeah, it's not endearing to me, so there's like, mm. less of those Pokemon, more nice Pokemon, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, like, this, like Skarmory seems like, of the era where it was like, take an object, Plus animal equals Pokemon, <laughs> I think. Yeah, a little uh, bit. That, yeah. Like, I I mean, people like definitely disagree Yu-Gi-Oh. with me,
1: but yeah, yeah, you know, like I, it's like I don't know. I like where it's at now, <laughs> so I'm happy to see more of <laughs> it. Um, mm. yeah. Did you say uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just
0: looked like something from Yu-Gi-Oh to me, Skarmory.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not, it, Yeah, I think that's <laughs> kind of close, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's gonna do it for the news uh, over this past week. Uh, hope everyone at home had fun uh you know with our random tangents about what's wrong with this generation of pokemon or <laughs> you know wrestling games or how halo is you know the alt ulti- like halo's co-op is so instrumental to its experience like there's this there's, it, it's fun when you get to talk about a lot of stuff in gaming and and pop culture it's it's you know we're we're very lucky that where we are right now like there's so many games to play and so many old games can now be run by emulators and, and, you know, re released officially. Like it's, it's a good spot to be in right now. So, I mean, yes, we, we, we lament that there aren't that many new original games coming out, but there's still so many games that we haven't had the chance to play that we now can that I think it's, it's a pretty, pretty awesome time to be like a, a, a gamer, I guess, so to speak. But yeah, John, um, if uh, if if you if any if you've got any uh, oh let me start again, uh but yeah uh, if uh if anyone at home if you'd like to uh, write in and talk about any of the topics we discussed today or ask us any questions that you'd like us to answer in a coming episode please do write to us at podcast at jump dot co always appreciate uh you know hearing from our fans and and we we love it when you guys like our posts and and share them online if you want to enjoy more of the awesome content that we put out please head over to doublejump.co we've got a whole team of writers uh who are you know putting out some awesome awesome work every single week and uh, yeah definitely check out uh, you know what what's coming out this week but yeah john thank you so much again for joining me man it was a it was a lot of fun
1: yeah thanks for having these dumb chats with me <laughs> <It's> Been good.
0: <laughs> now uh now i shall uh now, I'm gonna W the wrestling editor at Double Jump. Sorry. I'm sorry, that's, that's, that's official now. Uh, okay. will see how I feel about that.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, um,
0: everyone, until next time, look out for one another. Bye.
1: Bye.